Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor, and I'm Bridget Katzenick. That's right. So, Bridget, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I wanted to take a take this episode and introduce you to our podcasting audience, and then also talk a little bit about the the fun stuff that we're doing out in California. Um, so, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So one of the things I love to do first um, is to dip back a little bit and talk about how you got your start. It's so many of the folks in Creative Connors are out of the theatrical world and uh, and kind of end up here. Um, we have a few folks that came out of like industry and stuff, but generally speaking, people come out of theater. And I think that's your story too, Yeah. Yeah, so I started getting into theater in high school. My brother was an actor. We went to the same school. Um, he had graduated, but once I got in, he was like, hey, you should do theater. And I was like, okay, but like not what you did. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I'm not, you're not, you're not going to be on the front side of that curtain. Absolutely not. So I uh, had an art background, so I started off scene painting and then eventually did some run crew uh, oh. so where I caught the bug. Oh, cool. So you were mostly, uh, or not mostly, but you were heavy into scene painting then. I was, but I also was the person um, that, hmm, how to phrase this, would fix the scenery before we painted it. Like we'd get a piece <laughs> and I'd be like, this is not, this isn't right. Um, so before we started prepping and priming, I would also fix what the carpenters had done. <laughs> That's funny. So did you have some uh, carpentry experience in your background as well then? Yeah, mostly like garage level stuff with my dad you know he'd always um keep like I don't know why I think I mostly just sat there and watched him um my mom worked from home a lot I think that once my dad got home from work she would kind of shoo me away and then mm. do her own stuff yep no right on so yeah so you you knew your way around a wood shop as well and then you could fix up the <laughs> the crappy carpentry before it had to get painted that's a that's a useful skill in a painter, I think, because there's always something to fix before it gets painted, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's looking at a problem from two different ways. <laughs> right, right. So you did that all the way through high school, and you decided to pursue it into college. Does that is that something that you knew was going to be a possibility? Like, you said your brother was into theater. Did he go on to college to study theater as well? He actually went into film. So he, uh, I think, eventually discovered that the reason he liked uh, theater so much was actually the writing and the playwriting. So he actually mm. went to North Carolina School of the Arts for a film degree in screenwriting. Um, oh, so I okay. knew I knew you could get degrees in some amount of, like, if you get a degree in film, like, you can probably get one in theater, right? <laughs> right, right. And was, the, was School of the Arts the only college that you looked at? That's a great school. And you're from, I guess we skipped over that part. You're from North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a pretty good in-state option. And I wanted to stay kind of close to my parents, um, which eventually didn't work out because they immediately moved to Tennessee um, after <laughs> college, but it's, it's fine. I guess we had a misunderstanding. Um, <laughs> I also, I also had looked at a SUNY purchase as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that has, I know several folks that went through purchase and it's a good program as well what 
what pushed you toward, I mean, there's the in-state thing, which has got to be a big part of it, but was there anything in at SUNY Purchase that gave you alarm bells? Yeah, I, you know, I have a, a pretty horrific memory, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a, I feel like I should remember things way better than I do. So I only have like, I feel like flashes of high school. So okay. me and my parents went up for like a week when I was 17. We did the whole, like we stayed near Purchase and we took the train to New York and we saw Spamalot with Clay Aiken, also fellow oh, wow. yeah. high school alum, um, big, big uh, claymates in my household growing up <laughs> that's <laughs> but, awesome uh at at SUNY Purchase you know I let I the facility seemed fine um the arts instructors that I talked to seemed fine but what really bugged me out was the like general school tour and so the tour guide mentioned offhand while trying to promote something that 60 percent of out-of-state students get seasonal affectiveness disorder oh my god that's a terrible sales pitch he was trying to promote the fact that they have like a resident health services that has a sunroom so you can like go in and cure your sadness with bright light and i was like this is not working for me like you'll be really sad when you get here but don't worry we can fix it yeah we'll fix it with light chemicals it'll be great And then when we got to the dorms, he showed us an example unit. I don't know if it was his room or a model room or whatever, but it didn't have any windows. Like, you know, this is stri- this strike two. I'm like really far away from family. I'm going to be in a sad, dark hole in the Northeast. Uh, what am I be doing? Like, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's like good promotion for School of the Arts right there. It's like, well, or you could go here into the dungeon if you yeah. like. <laughs> a contrast <laughs> that's awesome yeah i can see why you'd you'd pick that and school of the arts is such an awesome program did you go well you were coming out of high school in scenic art was that what you were following with or are you go in technical direction or production management or how, which way were you headed so i actually i interviewed for scenic art and technical direction um and i was hoping to have my decision made for me um but mm. both faculty were like, yeah, we'll, we'll take you. It's fine. But you have to, you just have to choose before you get here. It's like, oh, okay. well, really thought you guys would tell me what to do, but I'll <laughs> figure it out. Scenic art actually surprisingly has some serious health risks. Isn't that yeah, true? That is exactly what it was. I had read in a scenic art handbook, I think by Susan Crabtree, who's now actually the director of that program at School of the Arts, that scenic artists have the lowest life expectancy oh god <laughs> is, i you can't lead with that i, I just can't do this um right you know, I'm sure, right I'm sure oh, i'll, I'll wear a... some respirators but still <laughs> yeah it's it's a terrible way especially as a teenager right to like set your foot down that path you're like well just so you know kid like most people here die from all the exposure to the chemicals but right, you get to right. make you get to make some great pictures you're gonna be the <laughs> highest paid but also you're gonna live less <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah i guess the the worst confluence of that would be to go do scenic art in the depressive no window place Oh, but. hey, poof, man. That would have been <laughs> you really dodged a bullet. Line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. And then I know a lot of folks, uh, myself included, although it's it's really hard for me to stretch my memory back this far, but like during college, uh, 
in the summers, you usually go out and work summer stock uh, and gain some experience that way. And I think you spent time or did time, as I like to say, at Williamstown, right? I did. I did three summers there. So the first the first summer out of school, I um, I just went to my new home of Tennessee uh, just to figure out what was going on there. And then when I got back, my roommate was like, hey, have you ever heard of production management? It might be for you. Mm. Uh, so the following three summers, I was in the production management department at Williamstown. Oh, that's great. And it's, I mean, I, I, I like to joke about, it. I never did it. Uh, I know I have many friends that did, including Mike Wade, our head of technical services, did many years at Williamstown, uh, both as a TD. Well, I mean, I think originally even as a carpenter, maybe. I might be lying about that part, but I know he, TD and then eventually production manager there too. Um, and I, I joke about it because it's such a, it is such an intense work environment from everything I've heard. Um, but the flip side is it's supposed to be an amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, it's either, it's either something you love or something you hate. Um, that's been my whole experience. Like people are like, this is not for me or people join a cult essentially. Um, but one of the reasons I was so interested in it, aside from learning from production management is that I knew what a strong network it was in New York. And so if I ever wanted to move to New York, that I would have friends and colleagues there. Yeah, right. And that I think that's an excellent point about it, right? That they do. There's a really strong connection to New York City and lots of good connections there. And speaking of that, I, what was your... So that was what you did through college, working at Williamstown. And then uh, as you're wrapping up school, where were, where'd you head next? Well, my, my senior year, I also did an internship at the Goodman theater. And so for most of that year, I was super interested in like maybe moving to Chicago or Milwaukee and then realized once again, like, you know, I'm moving to this super cold place where I don't know anybody. If I'm going to do that, maybe I should move to New York where I know a lot of people. And also there's theater there too. So I kind of, pivoted in the last two months of senior year to be like, Oh oh God, I think I moved to New York. (laughs) (laughs) How did you like, how did you like working at the Goodman though? I thought it was great. You know, it's, um, it was an interesting internship because I, I think very highly of that institution. Um, but I also, it was the most go get me a coffee level internship I had had. Uh, so it was, Uh, it was a really interesting match and just being in Chicago in general, like I, I have such an affinity for that city now. Yeah. 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 I'm actually me myself. I'm from Chicago originally. And so is Pete. And, uh, it is always, it's like a, an albatross around my neck that we don't have that many, uh, customers in Chicago. Um, and we, in recent years, in the past four or five years, I guess we have we have started to get some some theaters adopting our stuff, particularly Steppenwolf um, being one of the the big ones, but then Court Theater and and others as well, uh, and now the Marriott um, in Lincolnshire out there um, uses our gear, which is all great. But what's I always think it's funny because my you know we've been in business for a while and we had a lot of really great theaters using our gear for the better part of a decade, but it wasn't until we, um, 
that we rented some gear to a theater that my parents actually went to that they were like, oh my God, it's amazing what you've done. Oh, that's incredible. You know, my my parents had a very similar thing recently. Like the amount, like they've always been very supportive, but like the amount yeah. of texts I received about the Disney Plus viewing of Hamilton um, were just like, <laughs> just the volume and the affinity for like, my baby did that. It's, it's, it's pretty high right there. <laughs> right, right. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So... So you decide not to stick it out in Chicago. You're going to go to New York and you go to uh, a shop some people may have even heard of. Um, you headed to Hudson, right? Yeah, I ended up at Hudson Scenic. Uh, so I my summer after college, I went back to Williamstown one more time. I dropped all my stuff off in New York and was like, okay, I'm back to Williamstown. And during that summer, an uh, opportunity had come up at Hudson that I applied for. I'd gotten some advice from uh, Gino Donovan, actually. So I worked at Aurora Productions as well, and he had told me um, that he found the best technical supervisors on Broadway all had shop experience. And so at that point, Mm. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a technical supervisor on Broadway. I should go to a shop. He knows people at the shop. So So I applied, and here we are. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And obviously, it was tongue-in-cheek, you know, Hudson being – the one of the biggest shops, if not the biggest shop serving New York, um, that's a impressive place to go work. And so you went down and, uh, interviewed and it, I think you mentioned that you had, you told them when you interviewed that you had needed like four weeks of runway to kind of wrap up what you were doing at Williamstown. Right. Yeah. So like the, and the last four weeks of the season are always great because a lot last two weeks or like two weeks before the end, um, everyone's on run crew only. It's kind of like a big relaxing party. Like everyone has worked so hard and now we get to chill. And then we've got two weeks of putting everything in storage, which is also pretty fun. And so they gave me the offer and I accepted, but I was like, you know, I need, I have to, I need these four weeks before I come back to New York. And uh, lo and behold, within a few days, the owner of Hudson, Neil Mazzella, had called the executive producer at that time. And they worked out some deal. I don't know the terms, but I was on my way back to New York that weekend. And I, you know, I was fine with it. It's, sure. it's okay. Like, it was, yeah, I was totally hey, fine, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, it's good to be in demand, right? But I, yeah, I, I think that's. Flattering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I just think it's a, a, a great Neil Mazzella story of like, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to I'm gonna make something else happen. I'm yeah, gonna... like if you're worried about burning bridges and packing up the season, that's not what's going to happen. I'll smooth that over for you. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. not you asking, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, years ago I had, I got a, uh, a call from Neil Mazzella and uh, who I'd never spoken to before. I mean, I think I spoke to him or not really spoke to him. I heard him speak at our group, like when I was in college, like back in the nineties and I was doing like a field tour of Hudson, but then, it, you know, then fast forward 25 years and he calls me one day and he's like, Hey, this is uh, Neil Mazzella. Uh, I'm with Hudson scenic. And I was like, no, I, yeah, no, I, I know who you are. introduction, But I do know what's happening. Right. And he asked me to come down and, and talk for a little bit about some stuff. And, uh, and, and so I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll jump on a train. We're not that far away. And, and, uh, when I got there, he asked, he's like, so why did you come down? I'm like, well, I mean, I came down cause when Neil Mazzella calls, 
you come down, <laughs> right? Like it's not, I mean, you know, not to like try to, not that you need me to puff you up, but uh, you're kind of a name in the industry. So if you're going to, you can make some stuff happen. I'll, you call me, I will listen. So then you went to Hudson and you were, what was your gig at Hudson? So I started off being the assistant production manager. So I was dealing with mostly kind of the, what we called space layouts. So uh, what's happening in each area of the shop and how it's divided amongst all the projects uh, and a lot with um, the trucking coordination. So mostly with the production carpenters and the technical supervisors um, on Broadway or for other venues that were receiving the scenery. So how it gets packed and loaded, how the non-union labor crew did that work, um, that sort of that sort of thing. And so I was there for about nine months in that position. But during that time, my supervisor actually went out on maternity leave. And so things got a little more wild. Um, mm-hmm. Neil, Neil was actually in the office with me every single day. Uh, <laughs> I had some some really great one-on-one uh, experience uh, running the shop with Neil. Yeah, I bet that was intense. It, it really was, but it was also pretty fun. You know, I think he he really enjoys, I think, getting his hands dirty every once in a while. And like, you know, he, he likes to know what's happening on the shop floor day to day. And so I think he, uh, I think he had a little like nostalgic whirl for a few months. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I bet that's great. Like I never <coughs> worked for Neil, but I worked for this guy, Jim Ray, who owned Mystic Scenic up in Boston. And, um, and they, had, it was a, it's a, it is still a big shop, even though he doesn't run it anymore, but you know, 125 ish, uh, folks on the floor. And um, the thing that always always impressed me about that those sorts of personalities is that they're still kind of in their best element when they're in charge of a massive operation, you know, and can the the ability to like walk out on a shop floor and instantly spot not only what the thing is that somebody is working on, but spot why that is not going to work with the thing that somebody else, you know. 50 yards away is working on is amazing to me, you know, to be able to call the ball that quickly. um, It's impressive, you know, and to be able to just kind of organize and run it at that scale is, is nuts. It's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And so how many shows would you be arranging on the floor like that at a time? Well, as the assistant, I was doing that work for every single show. Hmm. Uh, and so after, after the maternity leave, um, and I don't know if it's because Neil saw me every day or just because it happened to be the time, but like the second Carrie got back, they were like, all right, so thanks for that. You're an associate now, um, which means you and Carrie are going to split the shows. You'll get, an, get them on an assignment basis, and then you can now do the calendar from engineering um, all the way to when they hit the truck. Wow. Right. Which was super exciting. But I also was like, it was that what I was just doing or is it different? I'm now like, am I learning on the job? Oh, this is exciting. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a lot of logistics to keep track of. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, they started me slow. Like I got only a few projects at a time, but then, you know, I, I was there for almost six years. And during that time, you know, there were some other associates that came and left, but Carrie and I really, for the most part, split the shows equally. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What an experience. And so at the end of six years, um, you made a decision to move out west. So from New York all the way to L.A. Yes. my So my husband and I have a lot of family out here, and we had 
always joked about it. Um, and then we came out in I think January of 2019. Um, his grandfather had had a, a medical issue that caused him to miss Christmas. So we were like, we got to get out there. Let's see him. Um, and we were joking more and more. And then suddenly it weren't, it wasn't jokes. It was just like a serious <laughs> conversation about if we should move or not. Um, yeah. And at the time we were both still pretty happy at our, at our jobs, but um, had, we're thinking about maybe making a change. And yeah. uh, so we kind of tabled it for a while. You know, we, we left the sunshine and came back to New York in January and Back into our northeastern routine, um, but like we, yeah, we you were, bust we out the UV happy. light, and you're like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of some, blast away some of the sadness. No, that yeah, looks we fine took, here. We took yeah. a little trip to our, um, our little uh, sunroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so later that summer, uh, my husband is he's a production manager, and so he was in a kind of like a distribution list for production managers, where job opportunities, advice, that kind of stuff comes up, and the production manager of the Geffen who had formerly been a stage manager there was like, Hey, I've had this job for a year. It's not me, but I love this organization. So if anyone out there is interested just in chatting, um, definitely like hit me up. It's cash. Totally fine. And so unbeknownst to me until later that day, my husband was like, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> so when we got home I was like huh interesting you did that huh hmm and in my mind I was like all right well we'll see how this goes but we might be moving yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> it's casual. I'm pretty sure it's gonna escalate quickly and it did escalate quickly and what was that kind of timeline from like hey we're just gonna chat to like I think we're gonna move the cat like that casual email I think was in July and so we uh, over the course of the next month, he had a few phone calls and then they offered to fly him out for an interview and then they made him an offer. And I was like, okay, so we should talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually, we decided on, uh, on a plane to a friend's wedding in Denver because we hadn't had, we were both in like super busy periods at work and we were like, okay, we know this is a thing we need to talk about but I don't yeah. know when we're going to get a chance to. We're on a plane for four hours. When this plane lands, we have to decide it. <laughs> That's an awesome like script for a play or a movie in and of itself. That's great. <laughs> so so the plane lands, like you touch down and you guys have made the decision to move? Yeah, that, pretty much. That really worked out? Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, it actually happened pretty quickly. And then we like ordered a round of beers. Um, so <laughs> 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 the pros and cons, like, his grandparents are out here. They're not getting any younger. His dad is out here. His mom's in Las Vegas. My brother is here. He has a kid and unbeknownst to me was going to quickly have another one on the way. So mm. like the, we don't have a lot of family in New York. We funny enough actually have a lot of family in Rhode Island. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. We don't see them very often. Um, but yeah. <laughs> they're at Providence, Warwick. They're, they're all around you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but That's yeah, so, funny. you know, the thing, the only thing that was really keeping us in New York, um, were our jobs and our friends and we desperately love our friends and are very close with, um, a handful of them, but it was the New York theater scene is, is big, right? There's a lot of theaters, but you move around once or twice and you're like, you kind of got the gist of it all. Like, you, you know, it's a small community, even though there's a lot of organizations. Yeah. 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 So 
and then it, I think I got this timeline right, but then he headed out first and started setting up your apartment and so on, and you were still wrapping up at Hudson, which is how we got wind that you might be available um, because uh, we had been, unbeknownst to you at that time, we had been for the last, I mean, honestly, we've been talking about this for uh, the better part of three years that we wanted to open up a uh, office in LA, a rental office. Um, not just like a sales office, but we want to actually put gear out in Los Angeles because from the creative Commons perspective, we're always, um, we do well selling equipment across the country, but renting equipment to folks across the country is always tough because the partially because of the shipping costs, but then a lot of it is also just the delivery times. It takes so long to truck the stuff across the country, um, that our folks on the West coast that really want to rent some gear usually don't have time for it. So we've been talking about this for a long time and our 2019 was a kind of banner year here. And we were, we've been doing great and expanding and we were really um, gung ho that like, this is the year now that we want to open up our LA office. But the, the biggest impediment after deciding that, yeah, 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 this is the time it's the right, right time to make the move was we have to find the right person to actually head this up because um, we have Pete Veal out there who's our director of business development, but he is focusing on business development. He's not going to run a, a rental shop, but we really wanted somebody that had good logistics um, capabilities, but also could multitask and wear different hats and knew the business and was good with people. And the list goes on and on. It's like, well, you, you really want somebody who would be capable of kind of running a, a, a small subset of your business remotely that you have that trust that they could do uh, without me looking over it, right? Because as the, the guy who owns the place, it takes a fair amount of trust just to, to, to put that much freedom in somebody else's hands. Um, and then we have, and I, we actually heard, because uh, you're, you're one of your friends is Cody Green, who's a longtime uh, employee and has been with the, I mean, has, has worked at our company since like 2014 or 2013 or something. Um, and he mentioned to Mike that you were making this move. And then Mike was like, Hey, I don't know if you heard about this. And, and brought it to my attention. It was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like what an incredible <laughs> opportunity. If it, like that we have somebody of your caliber with your experience and all the great recommendations that we had had both from Cody and Harry who had worked with you at Hudson, but then Jack Miller, who, uh, you know, from school of the arts, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Like, and Cody, do you think that she'd be interested? He's like, Oh yeah, I should bring that up. That might be a good idea. <laughs> And, th and that's how he brought it up to you at some point, I, as I understand it, right? Yeah, we were, we were at a, a mutual friend's birthday party, uh, Harry Potter themed, if you must know. Um, <laughs> like, you know, after an hour or two of the party, I think we were both in the kitchen and he uh, just kind of mentioned it offhand, like, oh, you know, like Connors might be doing this thing. And I was like, I was, okay, all right, like <laughs> I'm living in three weeks. What do you mean Connors is doing this thing? I was like, you got to tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny and it like such great happenstance and stroke of luck on our part that that it was all coming together so i reached out to you and and we had a couple of conversations on the phone and everything sounded great and then uh you ended up making the trek across the country and um 
I flew out and met with you and Pete out in LA so that we could actually talk face to face and just, you know, do the, I don't know. I, I never, I never have an, like an exact reason for doing those things, but I'm, I'm a big like proponent of doing things in person, especially big decisions. Cause I think there's a lot of nuance to people that helps in person uh, to do. And we had like a three hour brunch sort of thing in, in Los Angeles to find out if it was something you'd be interested in. Cause it's a, well, we'll get into what you do, but it's, it, we were asking an awful lot of you and then to double check that like, you know, that you weren't crazy or something. Right. Like the, the... <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, yep. Solid crazy check part of the interview. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then, so anyway, so that all for, you know, luckily worked out. Um, and I think it, it seemed like it was a good move for you at the time too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had interviewed at a few places like from New York to California and like none of, none of them were really great fits. And I, in the last month of living there, I was like, you know what? I just, let me just focus on the time that I have left here. Focus on wrapping up Hudson. Like I've got a couple of weeks of work out there. Let me just like, I'll just hit everybody else up again in yeah. April and I'll figure it out. And then this party happened and I was like, okay, well I'll, I'll wait except for this one lead that I'm going to check out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, so the super exciting thing for us is that we are actually, we have set up uh, an LA office and you know, your, your gig is to run the operation out there, which, um, which our vision at the outset was totally different than what's happened. But our vision at the <laughs> outset was like, we're going to, you know, you're going to be in charge of the Los Angeles operation. It's primarily focused on rentals. Um, you'll come back like after you officially start for us, you'll come back to Rhode Island and you'll spend like a week or so out here and you'll meet everybody and we'll, train you up on our gear. Cause obviously you've been around a lot of automation, but I don't think you've done much with, I, don't, I think I'm not lying here. Like, yeah, I don't think you'd worked with our gear much or if at all. Right. No, Is I mean, true? beyond like, show me some cool stuff at USITT. Like I hadn't had much experience with it. Right. Right. So we're like, yeah, you'll come back, you'll come out here, get trained up. And then, and then we'll also send some people out there to help you get the shop set up and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, you're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and, and on the timeline, this is like a uh, beginning of March ish. And yep. uh, on that trip that I'd come out to have uh, brunch with you and Pete, Pete and I also drove around and made some decisions about the actual location of what we were going to rent. And um, we were still hammering out the details of that lease because that was a process that I hope to not repeat anytime in the near future. It was much, I mean, it makes you, nothing makes you feel more like a small town country bumpkin than like, you know, the way things work in Rhode Island, especially in Warren, Rhode Island, which is the smallest town in the smallest state. It's like, I met our, our landlord where we rent our factory building and we like looked at the space. We talked about a number and then like we shook hands and I cut him a check and then like we brought a truck the next day and like <laughs> the, the, the space in LA, which is like a one, I don't know, one eighth the size or something uh, took the better part of six weeks to hammer out and lawyers were involved and language was discussed. And I 
kid you not, it's like a 50 some odd page lease agreement to rent this space, which is a great space, but uh, just a very different level. But anyway, all that's happening like in the beginning of March um, at the same time as COVID-19 is really catching fire and things are just shutting down. Um, and so you come on, you, you had worked on Hamilton for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Basically through from load in into, uh, into first preview, which unfortunately first preview had been canceled. So I actually got, I got oh. one extra day work out of the gig <laughs> because we came in the day after first preview and covered everything in plastic. So it was just oh. you know, honestly, like just heartbreaking to see like it was such a beautiful production and no one ever got to see it because there wasn't an invited dress there wasn't a first preview and gut-wrenching and all these people that had moved to LA essentially like some local casting yeah but crew and cast for the most part were from all over the nation they all got here and they all signed leases and then they never put a show on it's so sad oh that is heartbreaking yeah oh man yeah, and so you had done that, and then you started with us, but you at that point, we didn't even have the shop lease done, so you were working from home, right? Yeah, so we had been, uh, LA County was officially shelter in place, so I was working from home. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doing a lot of, like, uh, quoting warehouse equipment and um, trying to do a floor plan for a building that maybe we signed a lease on and had photos <laughs> of. <laughs> And like, had a, <laughs> it had like a comically bad drawing that I had made while I was there. I was like taking photos, like sketching on in notability and like none of the dimensions added up. So I remember the very polite email that or post on Basecamp that you made that you're like, hey, some of these dimensions don't quite add up. And I, I look at the numbers like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is way off. Like, I, I imagine that dimension is right because that one's not like an additive dimension, but that's going to be hard to tell before we get into the space for real. And we don't know when that's going to happen. But my first thought too is like, it's not about the, the 12 feet that we're missing. It's more like, okay, I'm day four. Let me see how my new boss handles this conversation. <laughs> I hope I did okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the, so, and then and for, speaking of being a boss in the situation, like two weeks into it, I shut down the company for two weeks because we are like all of our, all of our jobs have stopped. We are running dangerously low on cash and there's just like, everything's kind of in a tailspin. And I'm like, we gotta, we're going to shut down for two weeks. I'm going to go find our money solution and then we'll start back up. But, um, but that's, that's the deal. Like everyone's going home unpaid. And so like you'd been there for two weeks and then it got furloughed for two weeks. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a, it's a hell of a welcome. So, <laughs> and then, but then we start back up and it's been, it has certainly not gone to plan. Um, so, but we've, but you're able to get into the space at this point and what is it you've been chipping away at? So slowly but surely, because, you know, the previous plan had been to have a team of people here, but it's just me, <laughs> which is fine. Um, so like really running the gambit between getting office and warehouse equipment in. Um, so toolage, that kind of stuff, office desks. You would be shocked what fits in a Honda Fit, by the way. <laughs> um, 
you like most of the things in this warehouse have been in my car at this point. Uh, Is that right? That's oh funny. yeah, uh, yeah. pallet jack, industrial fan. Uh, the, wow. The printer, like absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I am impressed that you got a pallet jack in a Honda Fit. That's that is quite something. <laughs> um, and then you know we've got three shipments of gear that have come in. So sorting through that, checking it in, getting it organized um, to be what I think it uh, should be when things go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because we, have, I mean, as as crazy as it sounds, we're just tr- marching forward at whatever pace we can uh, have right now to to get the gear at least out there. Cause it, as, as bad as everything is right now in the entertainment business, it will not be like this for her for forever. Um, and we want to make sure that the gear is out there and ready to go. So you've got like, do you have your chain motors out there yet? I don't even remember. Yeah. I do. you, yeah. So you got some chain motors and you got some turntable machines and some spot lines and deck winches and all sorts of stuff. How is that actually like fitting into the space at the moment? Um, we're still on the floor right now, which is yeah. actually pretty fine. You know, we, we end up having a good amount of floor space. Um, so I've been uh, keeping everything organized by type. Uh, but also <laughs> um, in my kind of exploration of teaching myself the gear, right, is I've been pulling uh, different machines or different components and reading the manuals from the website and kind of getting them powered on where I can and setting up little test systems to kind of teach myself and stumble my way through. <laughs> right on. That's fairly, that's quite productive. So what does your day look like day to day? Cause I think we talked a little bit about this in the pre-shows we're kind of getting ready for the podcast. And I made mention that for years I worked by myself and lots of times that's really great, but there are some challenges sometimes with that too. How are you finding that because you like you said you're uh i think you and pete saw each other for the first time just a few days ago like <laughs> yes. right? he, dropped, he dropped off a desk and he he like came in the front door and i was like i was on a video call and i immediately closed and was like oh my god hey i have a <laughs> i have a co-worker he's right here and he was like oh, i'm over here i was like yeah yeah, yeah. we're, we're keeping apart. it's fine but i'll wait you know uh, it was very it was very nice um yeah and I think I mentioned this before, but when I get lonely, I have a little trick to make myself feel like I have coworkers. You know, it doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while, I'll um, get my little Bluetooth speaker and I'll put on the some old episodes of the podcast and <laughs> chuck my speaker in the other office so it sounds like <laughs> polite little laughter and murmuring coming from the other room. <laughs> I think that's the ideal way to experience us too is slightly out of earshot and far away. Yeah, that's, not, <laughs> that's pretty good. I've got, I've got, I've tried to find a, a good enough balance of, you know, I'll do um, some office stuff in the morning. I'll catch up on a couple hours worth of base camp posts, see what's happening out, happening out in Rhode Island. Then I'll. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause uh, of course with base camp, we use that as our internal communication tool and by the time you get up and get to the office, we've ha- we've been at it for a few hours. So there's probably a flurry of activity that's already like waiting for you to check out. Oh yeah, I unpack my little haystack and see what everybody's working on. It's actually it's pretty nice. And then I I try to do that a few minutes before the morning meeting, um, so I kind of know what's on the horizon um, and kind of have some context for what everybody's talking about. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So we do a what is an eleven thirty uh, Eastern time and. 
eight thirty Pacific time stand up meeting every day on on Google Hangouts. We used to do that just like st- literally standing up around the um, around the shop. But between COVID and then also having many more remote employees these days, um, we just do it through Hangouts. And that seems to I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I think that's been been pretty good. It's been nice to have at least uh they're they're brief, but it's good I feel to have a check in where everyone gets to see each other's face at least. Yeah, great. I think it it brings me as a remote employee closer in, and it also seems like there's there's always a good discussion. Maybe not every day, but every few days, somebody would be like, "Oh, wait, what what's going on with that?" I'm sorry, say that again. And like it just yeah. it's a it's a good touch base for that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And we usually, I actually, we've done a good job. There was a period in our history where those those had started to stretch far too long, and then uh, and then we overcorrected, and they got far too short. They got even shorter than they are now. And then, but I think we've got we struck a reasonable happy balance where there's there's enough information that everyone has a little bit of space to raise an issue, but we don't like just turn it into a coffee clutch, which would which is has its own value, but I don't think that's what everyone wants. Uh, you know, we don't need the entire group for that. Like that's better done when people just go hang out in little groups or whatever. What is a coffee clutch? Oh, just like, you know, like you grab your coffee and like sit down and shoot the shit for five, 10 minutes. Like, oh. hmm. yeah. New vocab. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, did oh, you? Yeah. Ask? Oh, I only got to eight thirty yeah. in my daily life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, go. <laughs> so that's eight. Yeah, so that's the start of your day. Uh, um. So then I'll spend a few hours in the warehouse if I have um like assembly tasks. Like I'm working on building a rolling staircase right now. Um. Sometimes I'll do. I've been calling them like supermarket sweep rental order prep. So print out an old rental order and like run my dolly around the warehouse pulling up. <laughs> them in a package so I get a little muscle memory um (laughs) yeah 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 come back in and like you know I did some uh doing some work on like the production schedule for you guys in Rhode Island and working on OTS and that kind of stuff so you know I'll I'll try to balance between the warehouse and the office it must get hot there these days yeah it's I haven't gotten a hold on like what the weather does out here. Um, but we've been going through a bit of a heat spell today is a nice clear 70, which I'm very happy about. Um, but yeah, so we can, we get up to like 9,500 degrees in the Valley. The Valley gets hotter, I think than other places. Um, so I try to balance between the two because our, the warehouse space is not air conditioned, but the office is. Yeah. No, that makes good sense. Cool. Well, let's, um, yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I think we got wrapped up on everything. Let's just see the looking forward bit. Okay. At this point. All right. Yeah, well that's great. And I think that as soon as, you know, like the the world stops falling apart, where we have every ambition to keep moving with what our original vision was out there. And I'm super excited to see that coming to fruition. It's definitely not going in the order that I thought or at the pace I thought. But as uh, as with almost everything I've ever done, like it, it, you make a plan and then you just kind of keep bobbing and weaving with whatever comes in to smash that plan apart. And so we, um, it's certainly not going to happen on the timeline we hoped. But I think the 
the initial intention is still solid. Like I'm really excited for you to be out there and to be running the operation and for us to be able to have this great resource for the folks on the West Coast that we will have a a full supply of our rental gear sitting there in Los Angeles so that folks uh, in whatever the entertainment space is, but specifically like in the the filming and TV industries will have a, a place to go and just get gear that we have it there at the ready and there's not a uh, monstrous shipping delay for it. Um, and I'm also super excited for uh, the ability to do sales demos out there because with Pete out in LA, he's often stuck out there without any gear at his disposal to actually show people. And now we actually have a space uh, in LA where people can come and see the gear um, as soon as we're allowed to to do such things. Uh, but I have a place to demo it and show it off and set up a spike mark instance and get some chain motors out, get some deck winches out, whatever, and show people the stuff in person. Because I think especially, I mean, most of our customers tend to be gearheads anyway, but our stuff is so gear centric that you really want to see it and touch it and play with it and push the buttons and make stuff happen. Um, so I am, I am still bullish on the future and still really excited to see that all come forward and see how we, uh, see how we make it happen. And I hope that <laughs> and I, I can't emphasize enough how appreciative I am of your patience and your flexibility through all the crazy times out there of, uh, sticking with it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the whole world is kind of in this together at this point. So I've really uh, sought solace in the fact that like I, in this pandemic, you know, like I'm, I'm lucky to be employed and still do anything. It's like a crazy time to expand a business. So I'm, I'm all for it. Let's do it. <laughs> right on, right on. Cool. Well, I think that just about wraps it up unless you had, a, did I skip over anything, Bridget, or anything else you wanted to truck in? Oh, I don't think so. I think that's awesome. Well, then I want to thank everyone uh, for listening and thank you, Bridget, for taking the time to chat with me today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Awesome. See you guys next time.